0: Hey folks, welcome to this very special edition of the Whitfield Report, post-Super Bowl edition. Well, half post-Super Bowl edition anyway. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm doing this episode in part because I did not do an episode on Saturday uh, evening because the live streaming software that I usually use to broadcast uh, YouTube is having issues again uh, my computer simply put ladies and gentlemen just needs to be uh, defragged and kind of cleaned up a bit because it, it's running slow uh, so that's my fault and I apologize but uh, I will be cleaning that up this weekend, getting the computer back in tip top shape to stream again this coming weekend Uh, so thank you for your patience with that, and, um, you know, uh, I'll be back on YouTube as ASAP. Uh, with that in mind, I decided to do a special audio podcast on Monday for you guys, uh, relating to the Super Bowl, and also, uh, the other half of this episode relates to uh, Joe Rogan's interview with Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter, that was a requested topic that I discussed uh, by some audience members this past week. So uh, even though I didn't get to cover that on the uh, live stream show on Saturday, I covered that a bit here as well along with the Super Bowl. And basically I think political correctness as a whole has ruined the NFL Uh, Folks, I think it'll be a great show, and I hope you enjoy the uh, program and the special edition episode right after these messages, of course. Hey, folks, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you've been listening to the Whitfield Report for a while, and you're starting to think to yourself, Hey, you know what? I could do this podcast thing. But where the hell do I start? Well, folks, I've had a lot of friends ask me that in the last few weeks, and I'm here to tell you all that Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. This means you can get paid to podcast right away. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading this ad. You're damn right that's what I'm doing. And what I like about Anchor is that whether you're a novice or an expert, it's incredibly easy to use. They have uh, great tools that you can use to record and edit your podcast. If you're a novice just starting out, Or if you're like me and you're an old pro at this, you can bring your own tools and record your audio and then upload the files yourselves. Whichever way you podcast, it's extremely easy to use Anchor, and I highly recommend them. So get started today by going to anchor.fm forward slash start, and I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. Greetings to you, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this uh, special edition of the Whitfield Report podcast. Yes, you're listening to a special Monday edition of the uh, Whitfield Report, and I'm so glad uh, to be able to join you this evening in the uh, past, present, future hour, whenever you're listening. So first off, ladies and gentlemen, I just have to say, uh, besides welcome to the show, I want to uh, just say that this is a special uh, Monday edition of the podcast. Um, I rarely record episodes of the Whitfield Report on Monday. Usually on Mondays, if you subscribe to the uh, podcast feed, you'll uh, get the American Watchmen Roundtable podcast. But because of the Super Bowl which we'll be discussing uh, this episode, or rather the lack of a Super Bowl, uh, we canceled the podcast just because we figured that no one would really be uh, watching the live stream uh, on YouTube because of the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, depending on what your take of the game is and how that turned out, we might be wrong. Uh also, this is a uh, bonus podcast as well, because uh there was no Saturday show for the Whitfield Report either. And uh that was entirely my fault, admittedly. Um folks, I've been having some uh, uh I've been having some problems, admittedly, with the uh computer I use to uh stream the podcast uh it's it's a twenty eleven macintosh so it's uh it's a few years old and uh works pretty well, but it's just gotten really slow so I'm going to need to uh defrag that here this week and I'll also clean some old audio clips and video clips for the uh streaming thing because I'm sure that's pretty uh full. I, I have everything backed up and I will continue to back everything up. But uh I think I've just gotta get get it cleaned out and then uh you know, by the time this coming Saturday rolls around, I promise the live stream will be back. So uh I am going to upload this audio podcast to uh YouTube, by the way, uh on Tuesday uh afternoon. So if you're watching this, uh, on YouTube, or rather listening to the, or rather watching the, uh, waveform on YouTube, uh, greetings to you guys as well, and, uh, I'll be sure to have a video podcast this coming weekend, either way, don't worry. Alright folks, so, uh, we're going to talk, uh, a couple things, I, uh, I initially wanted to... Talk a little bit about Joe Rogan's uh, interview slash podcast with uh, Jack Dorsey. So I'm going to cover that in this episode. But um, you know, since since everyone is talking about the Super Bowl for Monday podcasts, uh, and I am recording this on a Monday, it may show up on your feed. On a Tuesday, Uh, that's the other thing. Podcast episodes have been delayed, have been being delayed for some people by a a day or by a few hours. So even if I record an episode late Monday night like I am right now, sometimes it'll show up for people on Tuesday. But this is a Monday podcast. So, uh, you know, do with that what you will. Anyway, as I was saying, everyone is talking at the Super Bowl in podcast land, so I figured, you know what the hell I might as well talk about the Super Bowl as well, uh, especially since I skipped the the uh, American Watchman Roundtable to do so and um Wow, where to start? First off, let me just say that this had to be one of the most uh, anticlimactic, slow, uninteresting, and boring Super Bowls that I've seen in quite a long time. Uh, The only reason I stuck around for all four quarters of the game was because, well, the the only reason was because uh, my neighborhood had uh, their big yearly Super Bowl party where we all congregate at someone's house and uh, watch the the Super Bowl. So, of course, there was uh, free food and free beer. So why the hell would I, uh, you know, turn that down? And believe me, that made watching the game uh, tolerable. But uh, overall, it was really forgettable. Uh, neither team scored for the, uh, the first half of the game, almost the entire first half. They didn't score it out for the first quarter. Uh, by this, the end of the second, I believe they were tied from what I remember. And, uh, you know, really, the Patriots, even though they won, they, they really didn't pick up momentum until uh, the last few minutes of the fourth quarter. So, uh, what can I say? The game was really just anticlimactic. Um, so, I mean, I guess I will say congrats to the uh, Patriots fans out there who One, but you know, at this point, the the Patriots have gone to the Super Bowl, uh, you know, so many times that unless you're a diehard Patriots fan, it's really hard for, um, you know, for other people to even really get excited for, uh, the Patriots anymore. Um, and to be clear, like, I I really didn't have a stake in this Super Bowl. Uh, as many of you know who listen to this program, I am a uh, sixth-generation Colorado native, so I'm a diehard Broncos fan, uh, died in the wool. I'd say my second favorite team is uh, the Dallas Cowboys, mainly because of the cheerleaders, if I'm being honest. Uh, but Dallas did actually have a good season this year, uh... But, uh, you know, they didn't go to the Super Bowl either. So neither of my teams really made it to the Super Bowl. Um, So I didn't really care, to be honest. And so I really didn't have a stake in the game. But with all that being said, I just found the game to be uh, boring and whatnot as a whole. So thank God for food and alcohol at the party. Uh, so commercials. In terms of the Super Bowl advertisements, and this has been a critique of mine for the last few years, the Super Bowl advertisements, ladies and gentlemen, seem to be uh, more and more forgettable each year. And I, I think this that's because, and I've said this before, but I'll say it again. I don't think that the Super Bowl ads are as memorable, but I think that's also partially in part uh, due to the internet, and more specifically due to platforms like YouTube, where we're you know we're so inundated with ads now anyway, right? Whether it be television, the internet, uh, you know, at in-app advertisements, uh, you know, even podcast advertisements. uh, We're just so inundated with ads now that really, even with the Super Bowl, I think, you know, people are just, they're, uh, you know, they're kind of getting fatigued and they're just passive, especially when you can look up a lot of these Super Bowl ads Uh, online, on YouTube right after the fact now. You don't have to stay glued to your TV like you did, uh, you know, 10, 12 years ago. And uh, I'm not knocking advertising during during the Super Bowl. I'm not really uh, knocking advertising at all, actually. Uh, As someone who advertises, who uh, reads ads... Uh, prior to the start of the audio podcast, who uh, you know does ads. I mean, for for this podcast, I get it. Okay, okay, I I get you know the need for ads for businesses to advertise. Um, you know, I get that for content creators like me having ads on your podcast or your YouTube channel or whatever. Uh, You know, I I understand that that's a way to make money. So, I get it. I'm not knocking, you know, advertising as a whole. I'm just saying that we're so used to it now uh, as a culture that really, um, you know, I think people are just passive about the ads. And uh, honestly, I think Maybe it's just me, but this, the Super Bowl ads, I mean, for what they're paying, all these uh, adver- advertising, all these creative teams just uh, aren't putting their best foot forward anymore uh, for the Super Bowl ads. The only one that really stuck out to me, well, the only two that really stuck out to me was, of course, the uh, the Big Lebowski-Stel Artois one, which... which which, by the way, real quick tangent, uh, I am slightly disappointed because a few weeks ago, when that you know teaser for the ad came out uh, on Jeff Bridges' Twitter account, and um, you know he, he was dressed as the dude, everyone, including myself, uh, thought that that was going to be like a trailer that that was going to be like a trailer announcing um, a big Lebowski sequel. Everyone fell for it, uh, me included, so don't try and say that, um, oh, I knew that was a Super Bowl ad because no, you know, everyone really up until like the last two or three days, you know, we all thought that was going to be be a big Lebowski uh, trailer announcement. Uh, which, believe me, I am kind of disappointed that we're not getting a Big Lebowski sequel, at least not yet. Knock on wood that that happens. Uh, but at the same time, the Big Lebowski, I don't know, does it does it really need a sequel? I think one would be good, especially since it's one of my favorite movies. But, uh, at the same time, the Big Lebowski is a movie that can, can kind of stand on, on its own. So... All I'm saying with that is, um, you know, I'm disappointed, but not overly you know, surprised that it just turned out to be a Super Bowl ad. But, uh, you know, in terms of ads, it was one of the better ones at the Super Bowl. The other one that really stood out to me, although not for a good reason at all, was, uh, you know, they had that TurboTax commercial with the uh, creepy robot baby. Or, you know, creepy robot child. Whatever that was supposed to be. Now, that was effective advertising. But, I'm not so sure that it was effective in the way that TurboTax wanted. Because, if there are two things that people hate, it's the idea of paying taxes, right? Okay, no one really likes paying taxes to begin with. Uh... And then, you know, people are weirded out by the idea of, you know, creepy uh, android-like robots, uh, you know, especially now with, uh, you know, what we're seeing. So, you know, creepy robots and paying taxes. I mean, yeah, it's it's definitely an attention-getter, but maybe not... You know, I think, in this case, it's having the opposite effect. Like, no one, no one I know is going out and buying TurboTax or signing up for uh, the TurboTax service now because of this commercial. Okay. So, the game, um, you know, the game was less than uh, g- good, objectively. The commercials were subpar and forgettable at best. Um, And as far as the halftime show goes, um, another big stinker. And I've got to be honest, I haven't haven't really been a fan of the Super Bowl halftime shows uh, for quite a number of years now. And um, I'm going to sound really snobby. But, uh, you know, rap and hip-hop and all this new, you know, pop, all these, you know, uh, sugar-pop bands, as I call them, like Maroon 5 and like, uh, you know, Lady Gaga and Katy Perry. Uh, I'm sorry. I do not think of the Super Bowl when I think of them. When I think of the Super Bowl... I think of rock and roll, honestly. And yeah, that may be partially because I'm a rock and roll snob, but, you know, rock and roll has like a a good solid rock and roll will have like a really strong uh, drive to it. You know, really raw, primal, uh, you know get your body moving and start, uh, headbanging. Just just like, just like in, you know, football. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's primal. It's, um, it's really raw. And, uh, pop music, it's not all bad, but but it it doesn't have that same appeal. I don't feel like going out and, you know, throwing a ball around after, uh, you know, listening to Maroon 5. I just don't. Um... You know, apart from my, uh, albeit, objective look at how I think halftime shows should be rock and roll music exclusively, even though I, I can't say Maroon 5's performance was that good. And, uh, you know, when, when those uh, other R&B slash hip-hop artists came on, like, first... I really didn't even know who they were, I guess the one guy uh, made that song, like, I like the way you move, which isn't a bad song, per se, but, again, doesn't really belong in the Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, all in all, I would say that this Super Bowl was was a C- for me, uh, personally. And, uh, you know, I'm not the one who feels, who feels this way. What's interesting to me is a lot of people, uh, were not lost interest in last night's game, it seemed. And, uh, this seems to kind of be a trend in, I guess, NFL football in particular. People just aren't watching the, the game anymore like they used to, um, Part of it just has to be, I I mean, I guess the NFL is losing its luster, and that may be, be because of time. But also, um, it's because of stuff like uh, being overly inundated with political correctness now and uh, that whole kneeling uh, thing, which... Again, I mean, anyone who knows my anyone who listens to this podcast probably knows my politics. But objectively, can we at least leave the politics out of uh, pro football? I think that there is a time and you know place to discuss, uh, you know, police brutality. I think there is a time and a place for players to. Uh, Voice their opinions about political issues off the field. I don't think the game has to be the only, uh, you know, has to be the place for them to do it. Now am I saying that they don't have a right to, you know, free speech? Absolutely not. That's not what I'm saying at all. I'm I'm just saying that, you know, I think for the most part we should keep the game, you know, non-political. I, uh, this is another little rant of mine. And uh this may be the most sexist quote unquote thing I've said on the podcast. So bear with me. And uh be warned too. But I I feel as if the uh NFL has also become chickified a bit, partially because of the uh of the whole maroon five uh, you know, pop band thing. Like, most guys I know are not into Maroon, into Maroon 5. They're hardcore rockers like I am, and so, you know, most guys prefer rock music. We've had pop artists for the last few years. The shows haven't been as memorable. So, you know, change that. There's also a big push... Um, by the political correctness crowd. Speaking of those folks, to uh, get rid of NFL cheerleaders, uh, specifically the there's been you know a big hoopla from the feminist wing for them to get uh, for the NFL to get rid of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders because their uniforms are uh, you know quote unquote too you know, too exposing and uh you know, that that would be all fine and good if uh a lot of these dancers and music videos and whatnot the these same feminists love to uh go on and on about how much they love I mean they, they're just as a su- as they're just as suggestive as the cheerleaders, if not more so than some of these cheerleaders. So there's clearly double uh, standard there. A lot of these feminists just hate NFL cheerleaders because uh, they appeal to the men and, uh, you know, that whole part. And the, the cheerleaders, I mean, if you're complaining about the NFL cheerleaders, in comparison to other things out there on the internet... Um, the NFL cheerleaders really aren't even that risque in comparison to some of these other dancers or, you know, albeit a lot of these feminists are also into, like, erotic porn now and whatnot with the whole Fifty Shades of Grey thing. So, you know... The whole argument that cheerleaders are sexist in the NFL... That, uh... That whole argument doesn't really hold a, uh, A candle to me. For me. And, uh, you know, thankfully... The NFL hasn't caved on that. But I'm telling you, if they continue to cave on... These, uh... You know, political correctness things. And if they do get rid of cheerleaders... I think uh I think a lot of the core audience of the NFL which again is mainly men including myself uh you know I think we may we may end up believing uh Vince McMahon uh has said that he wants to bring back the extreme football league and uh at this point with all of this politically correct uh stuff in the NFL I am more than uh you know I'm more than willing to say, uh, go for it, Vince. If there's a market for it, go for it. So, all in all, that's just my little NFL rant, as it were, slash rant on the uh, Super Bowl. So, uh, you're welcome. Now, uh, on to the... Subject of Joe Rogan interviewing Jack Dorsey. I said uh, on Sunday morning that I had been listening to to the podcast. If you uh, caught my Periscope from Sunday morning, uh, I was in the middle of listening to to the podcast, and uh, I said I would have my opinions. So a lot of people are... uh, miffed with Joe Rogan right now because he had Jack Dorsey on his podcast, and Jack Dorsey is the CEO of Twitter and at the moment a very controversial figure. Uh, many on the right, myself included, feel that uh, many conservatives have been censored and banned on the platform for unfair uh, and vague reasons as we are on many other platforms. Now, my uh Twitter account is still intact. Uh, I've not getting, gotten struck uh, down yet. I've, I did get like a temporary ban, like I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago, but since then, uh, it's been you know, everything's been pretty good. Uh, so the big controversy is many people feel that Rogan didn't uh, grill Jack Dorsey on the issue of censorship enough. And this wasn't just conservatives who felt this way. This uh, These were also some liberals as well who felt that uh, Joe was going a little too soft on Jack. Now, I listened to the first. Um, I wasn't to the entire episode of the podcast. And judging from some people's comments online, it's clear that some of them didn't listen to the podcast at all um, and just got upset that Rogan even had Jack Dorsey on. Which uh you know that's their prerogative to have that opinion and to get mad because you know it's a it's a free country, but uh you know it, it's clear that some people didn't even listen to the podcast then obviously, there were people who listened to the podcast, but they only listened part of the way through um because they missed other. Details, and then there were people like me who wasn't or watched the full uh, two hour podcast, and there were people who who were still mad about Rogan having Jack Dorsey on. Okay, now whichever camp you're uh, in, I, uh, you know, I, I understand. Here's my take. I'm not a big fan of Jack Dorsey. I do believe that he uh leans pretty far to the left. And I do believe that Twitter is biased uh against conservatives or really anyone who uh is free speech and not uh far far to the left. Um I definitely think that there is a censorship problem within Twitter. Um, With that being said, a lot of people were were uh, you know complaining that Joe Rogan didn't grill Jack Dorsey enough on the censorship issue. Now I've been listening to Rogan pretty regularly for the last two years. I wouldn't really say I'm like a diehard Joe Rogan fan, although uh you know I do like some of his interview stylings and and whatnot and that that's mainly why what I admire about him is his uh hosting style and the way he he interviews people that's what he is he's an interviewer um so, like I said, a lot of people are upset that he didn't end in this like, real Jack Dorsey. But if you've if you ever listened to his podcast, I really can't think of an instance where Joe ha- has grilled anyone in the past. Really. Um, in the sense of like a, a big confrontation, that's not really his style. His style of podcasting is more just a couple guys hanging out, chatting. And obviously, he's had some pretty uh, influential people like Jack Dorsey and like Elon Musk. But, you know, with that being said, his conversation style is pretty casual. And I think that's what draws a lot of people to his podcast. And that's why he is the number one podcaster. And uh, I, I really didn't see him tr- uh, treating Jack Dorsey any differently. I I really didn't see him. I really didn't see him you know going soft on Jack Dorsey per se. But I I, I didn't see any instances of him going hard on Jack Dorsey. or Really going hardcore on on anyone else in terms of gas. I mean. You know, people on the right want to complain that he had Jack Dorsey on. But then, you know, a few months ago, people were complaining that he had Ted Nugent on. And, uh, you know, I I like Ted Nugent. I felt Rogan was pretty fair to, to Ted Nugent. Um, would I have liked Rogan to maybe, you know, ask Jack about the censorship thing a little more? Yeah but i'm not pissed at him uh for not doing so so i know that i may be in the uh you know minority camp here uh i don't think it was his best interview he's done i i certainly think one of the best joe rogan interviews i've seen still has to be the Elon Musk one objectively that was just fascinating um as far as Jack himself goes again, um, I, this really doesn't change this interview didn't really change anything for me about Jack. Uh, I you know, it's still pretty clear that he is pretty far to the left to me, although he did say that he was raised uh, in the Midwest with a uh, Republican dad with a conservative dad and a, uh, a liberal mother. I, I did find that interesting because in his personal life, uh it it seems as if maybe he's willing to listen to two sides of the aisle, but he's so uh entrenched in Silicon Valley and the left wing culture there, there that, you know, maybe for business that's just kind of his default. He's like a lot of other people there. I dunno. Um he does come off more genuine and, and more realistic uh, than, say, Mark Zuckerberg does. And um, I I would say my, my biggest criticism of the Jack Dorsey interview I saw in terms of Jack's part was he really didn't seem to know, like, what was going on within, within his own company at one point. Like, um, Joe actually did not really confront him, but asked him about, you know, the censorship of conservative, and um, Jack seemed completely oblivious to it. Now, some people were saying that, uh, you know, that, that Jack Dorsey was lying, that it was clear that uh, you could see it... Well, I wasn't the, the audio podcast, so I don't know about that, but, I mean, from what I heard, Jack just kind of seemed a little bit befuddled as to what was going on with his, within his own own company and also pretty overwhelmed by, you know, by what Twitter has become, which I can kind of blame him. I mean, I I can't really blame him for that because... He did start Twitter off as, like, a messaging service initially just for, like, you know, instant messaging. And then it became this whole big, you know, news slash social conversation aggregate. So, uh, all in all, you know, I mean, I'm still digesting the whole interview, Um in the plus column, I would definitely have to say that I think it was good to hear Jack talk about the, his, the uh, historical side of Twitter and kind of the, con- the company's history. Um, by the same token, I pretty much have to agree with everyone else that I think Joe should have uh, addressed the issue of censorship a little bit harder and maybe a little bit more. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not as outraged or you know, upset with Rogan as some other people are and I I realize that that, that like the fact that I'm not mad may piss some people off because I should be as pissed off as they are about this. But I'm not okay, I'm I'm just I'm not. So, uh, you know, with all that being said, uh, I certainly hope someone does give Dorsey a more uh, thorough critique in a future interview, and I hope that Jack will maybe talk to someone more conservative in the future who actually will confront him on this issue. So uh, that's that. Alright, folks, we've been, we've been going for uh, almost 40 minutes. So, uh, and I mainly covered my two slash three topics that I wanted to cover tonight on the podcast. Again, uh, impromptu Monday podcast for you guys. So, uh, anyway, thanks for tuning in to this uh, surprise Monday podcast episode. I uh, hope you enjoy. I hope you uh, enjoyed this episode. And uh, if you'd like to leave us a voice message, you can either do so by uh, calling the number 941-564-505 and leave us a voicemail with your thoughts on either the Super Bowl or Jack Dorsey's uh, Twitter inter- interview with uh, Joe Rogan and how you thought that went. Um, or you can also leave us a voice uh, message via the Anchor app if you are using Anchor. Um, so you can use that as well. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at see Instagram at samdb_ngc. um follow me on Gab at Sam Lentfield, and of course thesamwhitefield.com for all your uh, needs relating to this podcast and uh, my blog all right folks i want to thank you very much for uh, tuning into the podcast from all of us here at ngc media uh, good day or night god bless and god save this great nation i'll see you on thursday for another episode of the whitfield report